N-Y-Y-S-T This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Swinging for the fences Knock it out the park This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Christian and Chris Of course SGR This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Call me New York Yankee Sports Talk Record rain and shine Grab your shades and umbrellas N-Y-Y-S-T You're hanging with the fellas Welcome back. This is episode 308 of the NYYST podcast. We're presented by NYY News TV. I'm your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! Feels weird, just the two of us. Usually Pete's sitting in because we're live, but we're not live today. We're pre-recording. This is dropping Thanksgiving Eve, so you can listen on Apple Podcasts Wednesday morning. You'll be watching on NYY News TV Wednesday, right before you stuff your face with turkey. Turkey, turkey, don't forget to get tested for COVID before going to see grandma. Okay. According to uh, Dr. Ghost, out to yourself. Okay. I've never seen somebody milk 15 minutes of fame like this guy has. It's a pretty long 15 minutes, man. He's on to his second 15 minutes. He loves it. He loves every set. He's hoping to get asked back for to throw out the first pitch this year. That was a tr- That was worse. Who had the worst first pitch, him or 50 Cent? Mm. Um, who's banged more women? I would have to say fifty. No, so then Fauci loses. It's always a tiebreaker. You think? You think? You think it's possible in any realm that Fauci's been with more women than Fifty Cent has? He could have been a stud back in the day when he was doing the whole AIDS thing. When girls, you know, I'm sure a lot of women back in the eighties, because you know he was in charge of all the AIDS stuff, right? I did not. I did not follow his career pre-COVID. We gotta have a talk off air. Okay. So you never know. He could have. He could have scared a lot of women, and then just said, "But I'm Doctor Gofauch. I'm clean. So let's. So let's Fauch. I'm. I'm a good-looking young Italian scientist. Let's Fauch. That was his pickup line. Let's Fauch. Let's Fauch. Yeah. That's it. Never know. Dude. Dude could yeah. add game. You know what? If we didn't shut down the website, we could have sold those t-shirts. Those as t- uh, t-shirts. Let's vouch. Let's vouch. And then on the back, it could have said, "Doctor, go vouch yourself." So uh, Thanksgiving Eve here. Uh, are we going to be thankful anytime soon that the Yankees have re-signed their superstar Aaron Judge, who on Monday night wound up? In San Francisco, he apparently had a meeting or was rumored he was having a meeting with the Giants on Tuesday. I did not see anything come of that as of we're recording here. It's about 8 o'clock on Tuesday night. Um, normally, I'm the guy that's like, calm down, don't overreact. You know, it's it's nothing. But no, I'm overreacting on this uh, only because the Yankees put us in the position to have to overreact to everything that Aaron's judge does until he signs a contract somewhere. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, he just went home for Thanksgiving. How many people do you know travel back home, are seen in a hotel with their luggage, and their wife's not with them just to go back home for the holidays? So, uh, Wasn't it confirmed, though, that he had a meeting with the Giants or no? Uh, nobody confirmed anything. It was sources. And is he... Truly from San Francisco, like he from the Bay Area. I don't know exactly where he's from. Too, I'm not from. It's there's too many coincidences for me to believe that he wasn't there to talk with the Giants. He's absolutely there to talk to the Giants. Now the question is: Is he there just to bust the Yankees' balls, or is he, this is something that he's really seriously considering going to play in San Francisco? Well, I thought a lot about it, and. Here's what I've come up with. We might hate Cashman for a lot of things, but... I love him for one thing, and we'll get to it later on in the show. But there's one thing you got to say. He's a good business guy. Um, Good business guy, okay. Sleeps on the street, okay. You know, when he does land a player of some type of significance, it's always on like a crazy deal that you can't believe he got it for. Like Garrett Cole? Yeah, I mean, Garrett Cole's a good one. I Even CC C- Sabathia. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you'd have to imagine that Brian Cashman, when it comes to 
at least the techniques and and the motions, he's pretty well versed. And I thought I think he knows what he's doing. He I knows what he's doing in that, that sense. He knows what he's doing in that sense. Yes. yes. So for Aaron Judge to not sign before the season, and then to have the season he had as it as as a member of the front office of the New York Yankees, you have to imagine that pretty much no matter what you do, even if you blow him out of the water with some insane deal, Aaron Judge would be foolish to not hear other offers from other teams. You ask for play stupid games, win stupid prizes. But who's suffering here? Well, hold on. There's a clause here. Okay. Santa Claus? You have to imagine that he's going to see other deals, hear other deals, regardless of the number the Yankees give him. Why wouldn't he? Unless that offer ends with, and this is a very common tactic in sales, been in sales for over a decade now. Okay. Okay. Here's how that deal, here's how that. Drinking, I'm going to be extra mic today, drinking Diet Woke. Okay. Here's how that offer ends. Okay. You slide it across the table. And then you say, but the second you walk out that door, the deal's off the table. Now, for the Yankees to do that, they would have to, for, for Judge to agree to that, you'd have to imagine the number would, would be something where not only does he is he happy with it, but he'd think it's very realistic for any team to come close to it at least initially, where the risk of of leaving that deal on the table isn't worth it to hear other deals. Now, from what's being rumored, that initial rumor would seem to be bullshit, but it seems to be more along the lines of, I did the math today, closer to $300 million, and you figure maybe eight years, that's what seems to be what he's looking for, around $37.5 million a year. If that's the offer they slid across the table, it's almost a slap in the face. Because what were they? What was the last rumored offer that seemed to be pretty credible? Thirty six a year. I think uh, you it was. heard. I didn't. I didn't hear that. I yeah. I'm pretty sure it wasn't in the off season. It was. It was. Um, no, I had heard. I heard they were willing to come at the All Star break. Thirty one, but I don't think they were at thirty six. I think they were at like 32 or 33. Oh, maybe it was around 34. Still. Okay, maybe it was 35. Okay, maybe it was 37. If you're the Yankees, do you really think that he's going to take a penny under 40 a year? Do, I mean, honestly, you don't think he's going to get 40 a year from another team? He could possibly, but I mean... We looked. At, we looked at it yesterday. One guy is getting it, uh, forty million dollars a year, and it's Max Scherzer because he's on a short-term deal. Nobody on a long-term deal has gotten forty million dollars yet. Mike Trout got thirty-five and a half. That's the highest for a position player. Garrett Cole is at thirty-six, which is the highest for a pitcher. And I almost take Scherzer out of the equation because it was a. It's a short-term deal. But he's at forty-three. He's the only one at forty-three. If you give him thirty-seven and a half. How that's not insulting the, the guy, not at all. I don't think it's insulting, what? but realistically, your job as the Yankees at this point I, is to give him something that he can't risk walking out of that room and leaving it on the table and then not getting something close. Well, you know what? At some point, the Yankees are going to have to say to him, Do you want to play here or do you not want to play here? We have three hundred plus million dollars on the table. Is that a, is that enough to keep you here and to be a Yankee and to not only be a Yankee to your numbers going on that back wall when you're done playing here? Do you need to chase ten or twenty million dollars? You know you're going to make that here. See, I'll be dead honest. I'll be dead honest with you. First of all, I'll be dead honest with you. You can go to San Francisco. Nobody's going to give a shit. Yeah, but I think that at this point. If, if all that shit didn't happen before the opening day where Cashman did that just awful press conference, I genuinely believe that the that he could sit down with the Yankees and they can have a civil discussion 
and one that comes to fruition for him to not hear any other offers. I think they can have that discussion of what's it going to take to keep you here without you walking out that door and going to talk to other teams. Because you told us and and we said to the public how much we want you here and you told us and the public how bad you want to be here. So let's figure out that number and let's keep let's stay in this room until we until we get it done. What's the number? But that's the thing, dude. I don't know that Aaron Judge has a number anymore because I truly believe he has a bad taste in his mouth. And I'm not saying that the Yank that he's not going to go back to the Yankees and try and have them match it. But I'm just saying if Cashman doesn't do that press conference before the season, I don't know that Aaron Judge feels so much of a need to go talk to other teams. I mean, you possibly you could possibly be right on and that. And that doesn't I mean always- that he doesn't genuinely still want to be in New York. It just means, hey, you want to fucking play around? I'm going to show you I'm not playing games. Well, let's say the Yankees are $20 million off the total bid of San Francisco, right? Let's just say that's the case. The Yankees have put their foot down eight for 330. This is what it is because that's my number. That's where I'm at. And what would that put him, AAV? Like 41 and change. That's that. Hey, that's a great number. So eight for 330. The Yankees are like, this is it. You want, this is where we're drawing the line in the sand. Eight for 330. And he can get eight for three in Giants like all right, eight for three fifty. To me, if he walks from eight for three thirty to go chase that twenty million, that is because he didn't want to play here anymore. That's Maybe. my opinion. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Here's why I think you're wrong. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna tell you why I'm right. Because he's still getting offered more money. So you can't say that he didn't want to play here. You can say he wanted more money. That money was more important than playing here. Hold on. Now, okay. here's why, no matter what number the Yankees give him, okay. that if they get outbid, even if it's a great fucking offer, I still blame the Yankees. There's two reasons. One, should have locked him up before the season. This well, is, that's they, this they is will still never your get fault. A pass. Absolutely, they will never get a pass okay. for that. Number two, and even more egregiously, you say this all the time, should have locked him up a long time ago. Exactly. So, I don't want to hear any Yankee fan saying, hey, Yankees tried, man. They gave him a more than fair offer. So far, every offer, even from the beginning of the season, in my opinion, has been more than fair at this point. That doesn't mean that other teams aren't willing to give an outrageous contract. And if you're going to be okay with the Yankees just letting another team outbid them, then, then you're a fool because they should have done this years ago. If he leaves, I mean, if he leaves, there's only one person, two people, three, whatever you want to say. The Yankees are the ones to blame. They opened the door to Mm -hmm. allow this to happen. So no matter what they offer him, they could offer him a billion dollars and he could leave if the Giants offer a billion and one dollars. They allow the door to come open Mm -hmm. and then somebody else to sneak in and sign this guy. But the point I'm trying to make is at eight for 330, right? $41.5 million or whatever it is a year to be a legacy Yankee, to have your number retired, to go up, to go in Monument Park, to chase $20 million. That means that that taste in your mouth with this organization is so sour that you don't want to be here for the next 10 years. That's what that means to me, because number one, there's probably one state in the entire country whose state taxes are worse than New York. Guess what it is? California. Okay. How much more money is he going to make off the field playing for the Yankees as compared to the Giants? That's a fair point. Okay. So if you take all and what and the gravitas of he's going to, if he resigns here, he's going to be the captain. That's what carries a certain gravitas with it. All that factored in. If you're, if he's really leaving, and it's easy for me to say, but if he's really leaving for $20 million, let's say that's what the number is, he didn't want to be here. Because I can honestly sit here and tell you, uh, this is what I believe. If it's if the Yankees are at eight for three thirty, and these are these are not real numbers; these are just numbers I'm using to make an argument. And the Giants are like eight for three fifty, and he wants eight for three fifty. He's not doing it because he wants that extra twenty million dollars. He's doing it because he wants to leave the Yankees. Then, 
then the number should be then the number should just it sh just shouldn't matter should be meaningless as long as it's close because why even go talk to another team then if you're I making your if you're making your argument the way you are it's fine it's a valid argument but the, I don't even think the money is, is necessary to talk about. I think just the simple fact that he's going to talk to another team would would tell you all you need to all you need to know. Because what did Jeter? Did you hear Jeter's interview? When yeah, he, I heard it. When he said, "I this is what I told the Yankees." This is not new. new this is not new news either. I knew about this a decade ago. He did not want to leave. He told the Yankees he didn't want to go anywhere. That was so? also. Now, this was also what I believe was that Jeter's last deal. Yes, but this is this is Judge's last deal, dude. Yeah, but Jeter already Jeter already got paid though, if right. I'm not mistaken. Okay, well, well, right. So then I think now this you're, is Judge's first. This is Judge's first cut at the pie. Fine, then I think you're you're contradicting your argument. I'm not contradicting because then my you're argument. saying then you're saying money comes first, right? And it's not so much that he doesn't want to be here. He just wants to make the most money that he possibly can. And he doesn't really care where that is. What I opened up with is his he taking these meetings because huh. he really wants to go to San Francisco? Or is he just making the Yankees sweat? I think it's tough to just say. It's tough to say he's just trying to make him sweat, even though it feels like a troll job. There's two reasons why it's tough to say he's just trying to make him sweat. One, the Giants, there was reports leaked, and you never know how credible they are. You got to take them with a grain of salt. But there were, there were reports that the Giants weren't going to get outbid for Aaron Judge. And, he, you know, that's that's where his family is. Okay, so that's one Bro, thing. Bro, if he gets $330 million from the Yankees, his family is wherever the fuck he wants them to be. <laughs> two, yeah, two. You can't really troll job an offer here because... What if they do fucking blow you out of the water? Then that troll job becomes an actual legitimate decision you have to make. Well, that's, again, the dangerous game the Yankees have played by not signing this guy years ago. <laughs> okay? Here's this what, is the dangerous game that they that they have played. You want a little conspiracy so, theory? What's that? I think this could be pretty realistic. I don't know how things work behind closed doors. I think maybe there's some tension there. Right. And Hal's been in charge. You mentioned this. You gave me the theory that maybe Hal's not letting Cashman talk to Judge. And then it came out in so many words that Hal's been the only one really meeting with him. It so, does seem like Hal's taking the charge on this. So maybe Hal says this. Listen, Aaron, we fucking love you, dude. And and I'm sorry for everything that kind of seemed to go wrong leading up to the season. So here's what I'm going to do to you. Here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you an offer that I think is fair. You had a great year. And he throws the offer on the table. And he says, look, he, I'm going to make a deal with you between me and you. You can shop this. And whatever number you get, you can bring back to me and I will either match it or beat it. But then that's it. If you do that and come back to me and, and I match it or beat it, you're a New York Yankee. And maybe he gave him that opportunity to go to San Francisco and see what they're willing to offer him. And then maybe he's going to come back. Here's what they offered me. Here it is in writing. Hal's going to sign it. Hal's going to match it or beat it, and that's going to be it. Yeah. I mean, it's it could be a possibility. It does seem like Hal is, like I said, taking the lead on this. It, it seems more to me that he's more involved in trying to court Aaron Judge back here than he would normally be for a free agent. Right. So it's going to be interesting, man. We're going to have to sweat this out. Judge did say that no matter where he signs, he wants to get it done quickly because he wants to allow the team to be able to have their budget set to build a winner. And knowing that, it's awfully... I don't know if you want to use the word coincidental, coincidental. but it's awfully interesting that Hal seems to be talking about spending money <laughs> this offseason. Well, I tweeted if you're if you're questioning why Hal because I I saw the the quote. If you're questioning why Hal seems to have woken up a little bit and has a fire under his ass, this, this is all you need to know. 
I thought you were going to play something. No, no, I'm saying this oh. is all you need. This is all you need to see. Judge's quote. He he made a statement. You want me here? Be ready to build a fucking winner, man. Show me your plans. Show me your future. So, Don't just sell me on the money and the 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 bright lights. Sell me on what your future plan is and how we're going to win a World Series. I think he has a better chance of doing that here than he does in Ab- San Francisco. You're one. You're just going to say if anything that puts that that gives the Yankees some leverage, man. Everything you hear coming out of reports, sources, is that the Yankees are are going to do everything in their power, whatever that means, to bring him back. They don't want to lose him. That they're still seen inside the industry as the favorite to to sign him, which is all well and good until he puts his name on a contract. We're going to sweat this out. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, congratulations are in order to Aaron Judge. He is the American League MVP. We didn't have to sweat that out. He got 28 out of 30 first-place votes which did surprise me. I thought it was going to be a lot Shocking. closer than that. Shocking. You have to imagine with the level of talent Otani brings to the table that it's only right that the two LA writers vote for him. I I, I expected that. But what I so, didn't expect was everyone else to, to vote judge. And this is what we've been saying here is that if this season that Aaron Judge produced where he broke the American League record, he fell, what, four or five points short of winning a triple crown. If this season wasn't good enough to get the MVP award, then they should never give out an MVP never. award until Otani retires. Never. never. And that's not to say, look, it's not to say that what Otani's doing isn't special. It's it unreal. is. It's, just, it's the fact that Aaron Judge had a history, had a season that we'll never see again. And then if you don't reward him with an MVP, then it's just, it's a farce to vote for it here on out. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So there's a lot of people that think Otani is going to wind up in New York in, uh, in 2024 when he's a free agent, whether that be here or across town, there's a lot of people that think that he's coming here. Now, why that would, why his mindset would change after not wanting to come here uh, when he came over from Japan, I don't know. Maybe he's tired. Maybe he's tired of hearing what a, about what a bitch he is. Yeah, for me, that that's actually the one. That would be the one chase of a of a player that I'd actually have some faith in Cashman that he would go hard for because it's been reported like he he does reach out to the Angels, but I just I don't believe that Otani would be willing to come here. I really don't. Oh, he was he was he was devastated when Otani wouldn't give them the time of day. They really wanted Shohei Otani. That show people will say, "Oh, this is you know they like to connect the dots on why things happen." John Carl Stanton is here because Shohei Otani didn't want to become a Yankee. Right. That's why Cashman went out and he made that deal because they they couldn't land Otani. Now, you know, it. I don't know, man. There's just something about him that the way he dictated everywhere that he wanted to go that I don't know, man, you're going to, you're going to throw that type of money at him. I don't, I don't know, man. Here's my- I understand. I understand what a special talent he is. I just don't know if he, Here's if my New York's thing with the right Otani. place for him. I don't discredit him at all. I'm not discrediting him at all saying this. And I've said it at, on a previous show. What Otani does is unbelievable, but we use the word gimmick a lot. Now, it's beyond that because the, his talent level is is just insane to think about the work he has to put in on both sides of the ball. Apparently, he had the most pitches thrown over 100 miles an hour this and year the and the most batted balls over 100 miles an hour this year. But, like, here's my thing, and, and again, I said this in the past. It's a little hard for me to articulate what I truly want to say, but... We have a we have a culture here in the baseball world in America, most of the world, where the second you establish yourself as a pitcher, you put down a bat. That happens as early as high school or college. Otani clearly didn't have that same culture. It's clearly, someone saw his abilities on both sides and said, "No, dude, try to work as hard on both sides of the ball because you could be amazing. You could be an, an amazing hitter and pitcher." Every other guy who's 
a lot of pitchers were really good hitters in college or high school. And they're, they are told, do not touch a baseball bat. So would there be more Otanis or at least guys close to that, that it wouldn't seem like such a, an anomaly to, to see a guy like Otani? Yes. And that's why for me, what would truly make him special is if he can sustain this over an entire career or even a majority of his career. If he does that, man, I will give him every bit of credit that is due to him. Until then, I'm just not going to like these writers just go crazy over him. It, right. So you, it's, it's almost uncomfortable. Do you think Jacob DeGrom could be a, a 300 hitter or a guy that could hit 25 home runs if he was allowed to? I don't know because I don't know a lot about him, but I promise he's you. Easy. For a quote pitcher, he's a really good hitter. So there you go. I'm sure he'd be up there. I'll tell you one guy who'd hit 40 home runs a year. Bartolo Colon. CC Sabathia. Uh, that, I don't know if he could CC do it. CC was a phenomenal power hitter. He'd have to slim down if he was going to hit 40 a year. Yeah, you see him now? He's disappearing. Yeah, well, I was watching. Um, it made me think of this. I was watching uh, Rocky Balboa the other day, and I was like, when they were trying to convince him to do the fight, they're like, yeah, we're going to go out to Vegas. You know you move better when you're warmer. And I'm like, <laughs> and they're saying, that, you know, that's how CC is. Like, come on, you know you pitch better when you're fatter. <laughs> well, he used to he used to intentionally get fat again, and he would lose weight in the offseason. Well, you look at some of these guys, like on um, – like a lot of these offensive linemen, once they retire, bro, they're like half the size they were when they played they football. So, want to ask you this question? Let's say the worst happens and Aaron Judge leaves. Okay, is there any single move or a combination of moves that the Yankees can make that can make you feel good about go- going into the season? Um, there's a pretty powerful, potent, bad taste in my mouth if he's gone, no matter what. But what's done is done. And regardless of who's to blame, if he's gone, he's gone, and you got to move on. And I'd say that I'd at least feel encouraged if the Yankees responded to him leaving by bringing in a handful of, or, you know, a few pretty prominent guys that, that, you know, at least would show they're doing everything truly going beyond now. So let's say judge leaves Yankees respond by signing Correa and Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. Uh, look, am I, ha- am I excited to get them? Sure. Do I still have, again, do I still have that bad taste in my mouth? Of course, man, this is Aaron judge. We can't forget what this guy has done even since he got here in 2017. This guy should have won is, MVP, by the way, in 2017. He should be a two it absolutely should be a two-time okay. MVP. I think that's I don't I think anybody that debates that needs to have their head checked. And last year, wasn't he up there in in talks? I don't think he was a finalist. He wasn't a finalist, but he was still in the conversation. And you can really make the argument then that every year this guy has been fully healthy for a full year. He has put together MVP caliber seasons. And 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 it's Aaron Judge, man. He's our guy right now. So no matter who they get, no matter how many big names they get to fill his shoes, you're just not filling those shoes for me fully. Here's what it is, right? To be a fan of a team, right? You want that guy, that guy that you saw come up, that guy that you grew an attachment to. Without Aaron Judge here, who is that guy? The Yankees don't have him. They'll try to sell you that it's Anthony Volpe. Right. But how long is it going to take for for you to feel that? And then to know that if he does become this superstar that they project him to be, that now this is in the back of your mind where the Yankees don't sign their own superstars. So it's like, do you let yourself fall in love with him? And this is what I'm going to say to make this parallel because I think there's a lot of being a Yankee and a New York Giants fan. There's a lot of things that are happening at the same time that seem to be very similar to me. I am a Giants fan. I'm very invested in this season because they've been playing well, but there's just something missing because they don't have that guy. 
Eli Manning's not here. You know, I didn't grow an attachment to Saquon Barkley because let's be honest, he's been invisible for two years because he's been hurt. Daniel Jones is, he's okay, right? He's okay. Yeah. Who's that guy on the Giants that, as a Giant fan, you have that emotional attachment to? Sure, you're rooting for the team. Sure, you want them to do well. Sure, you hope they win. But it means more when that guy is there, right? If the Yankees go out and they lose, let's say, God forbid, they lose Aaron Judge, and then they bring in Correa, they bring in uh, DeGrom, they sign another big free agent, great. You'll be happy. You'll 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 be invested in the games, but there'll just be that thing will be missing because your guy is there. You need to, for me to be a fan, right? And that's why like that from Jeter retiring to when judge came up was like, was so dead because nobody was here. You didn't have that guy here. And for him to go, no matter what they do, there's just going to be a hole in your heart as a fan. Uh, that, and that's why the Yankees have to realize that there's a price for that as well, is that you can go out there and build a super team, but you're the Yankees. You need the face of your franchise to still be here. There's nobody on this current roster that can that or anybody that you will sign that you can say, okay, judge is gone, but here's the guy. No, it doesn't work like that. You don't have another homegrown superstar on this on this baseball team. And nobody you bring in here is going to replace what he is to this team and to this fan base. I'm not sure because I can't get through all the teams in my head right now. But you could even make the argument that in the last you know, handful of years, at least just to go back and try and figure it out, that not one World Series team didn't have a beloved homegrown superstar on it. You go start from 2017. You got Altuve and Bregman. Uh, probably had some other guys on there. What about who, who won in 2018? The Nationals? The Red Sox. The Red Sox. They had to, who, didn't they have Mookie Betts at the time? Betts was there, yes. Okay, they've been a pile of dog shit since he left. Um, And they had then Devers. He, yeah, and, and Bogarts was on that team. Bogarts. Uh, 2019 was the Nationals. Yeah, Soto was there. Soto, Strasburg. They uh, had their guys. Was Harper still there at the time? No. He was gone. Who else? Who was 2020? That was the Dodgers. The, the Dodgers. The Dodgers. Kershaw. Dodgers are a little right. different. They turned into George Steinberg. 2021. But they still had their homegrown guys there. Yeah. 2021. Who won last year? I, I forget already. I can't even remember. Jesus Christ, who won the World Series last year? It was against what? the Rays? No, why don't I know this? I, oh, I feel it, it like was uh, the Astros played the Braves. The Braves. Freddie Freeman. Freddie they Freeman. Had a, they brought up all their, they had a bunch of rookies on that team too that they. And then and then this year you, you still got. You still have the Astros with their, their guys are still there in Bregman and now Tuve. McCullers. Okay. Okay, so. So name me so if so if Judge does go, okay, what are you gonna say? Sevy? Who else? No. No, exactly. So who's that guy? It's not Glaber Torres. It's not Glaber Torres. Who's the guy? He, he's not here. The closest guy we'd have that we can just make pretend he, he came up in the system would be Anthony Rizzo. There's no other guy that you love on that level that just feels like a Yankee or should have been a Yankee his whole life. No, there's guys on this team that I really love, like Cole and G and, and Rizzo, but they're not Aaron they're Judge. They're not Aaron Judge, man. So so you're already missing one of the one of the pieces, just in a theoretical sense, that almost every World Series team has and needs. So you brought up uh Anthony Rizzo. He re-signed with the Yankees two years uh, with a club option for the third year. You got seventeen million per, and uh, the club option year is also seventeen. But if they don't pick it up. You get six million. See, this is another. I'm very happy Rizzo's back because I I love Rizzo. Right? There's another thing of the Yankees just being the Yankees. Why didn't you sign him to this deal last year? Right. 
Why did you play this game where you could have potentially lost your fucking first baseman on top of everything else that you're dealing with? It's not like he went out there, shopped around, and he got, you know, $22, $23 million. He got a million-dollar raise. You mean to tell me that you guys couldn't figure this out last year? Well, it could have been, you know, he they had that option where, you know, maybe the Yankees were a little weary of the back. And um, you I don't know, think so, because why would they have given him the opportunity to uh, because he's still Anthony Rizzo and but if, the Yankees had no control over whether he came back or not this year. Yeah, understood. He, but but then he opted out him opting out means he had a great he had a good year. Right. Like, so and, if you're using the back as a reasoning for the contract last year, I don't I don't personally believe because, because if the back in, if the back hindered his ability to put together a productive season, then at least you still have a first baseman next year. And if it, and if it doesn't hinder him, then you're signing a guy that you probably should sign because he wants to be here and he was productive. I just for don't you. think the Yankees should have put no, themselves in a no, position they, no, to not right. have a first baseman either. You're right. You're right. But he's back. I mean, that was like it was like we heard I we were record we were actually recording uh last Monday. And it came out that Rizzo, uh, the Houston was making Rizzo yes. their, a target to play first base. It was like their top target for first base. And then it came out on Tuesday, I believe, the following day that Rizzo resigned. Who's Rizzo his agent? Like, I have no idea. That, that just felt like a Scott Boris move. I don't to only get a million dollar a year raise after no, tying I'm a career high. Kind of, kind of press the Yankees. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think if if Boros was his agent, he would have held out for a little bit more money. I think Anthony Rizzo is grossly underpaid. How he's not a, at least a $22, 23000000 million a year guy, considering the money that's thrown around in Major League Baseball is astonishing to me. It's because, of the, it's because he can't stay healthy. What do you mean, dude? He plays like 130 games this year. There's guys that can't even play half that that are making twice the money that he yeah, makes. Yeah, but it's the injury. Like, we talk about uh, Judge having injuries and stuff like that. They're more freak freak things that don't typically linger. When you have a back issue like that and you're getting, you know, past your prime, it's, a, it's risky. But it was actually when they did sign him, I guess because of how how shitty everything has felt surrounding the Yankees. First, you had some talks, like some quotes coming out of Hal Steinbrenner that made you go, hmm, I wonder if he's finally waking up. And then they signed Rizzo. And then he's making more comments that he's going to get judged. He won't be outbid. And you kind of got this, like, for the first time in a long time, a little bit of a momentum shift within the Yankee organization. And it felt good, but... It's all smoke if they don't sign Judge. Yeah, I mean, do you buy the fact that they're going to spend big this offseason outside of Aaron Judge? Um, I do, if they sign him. If they sign him, yeah, I do. I think this is going to be part of signing Aaron Judge, I think, is the is the commitment to do whatever it takes finally. All right, let's let me ask you this. Are you happy that Anthony Rizzo's back? I absolutely am, yeah. You didn't want them to go and get another first baseman? No, I really didn't. Because you know Luke Voigt got non tendered. So he's a free agent. Yeah, no thanks. Listen, if as much as I love Anthony Rizzo, if he didn't have the postseason he had and for whatever reason he he opts out and the Yankees go in a different direction, maybe younger, maybe a guy that they can have under control and has some potential. Am I upset that Rizzo's gone? Of course, but I can at least understand it. After that postseason, you, this is a guy who needs to be here. Okay, Judge was invisible in the postseason, and you're making him your top priority, so you can't really use that. Dude, Anthony Rizzo <laughs> and Aaron Judge are not even on the same planet. Anthony see, we talked about this last week. When the Yankees are in that dog pile celebrating their 28th World Series, do you see Anthony Rizzo in that dog pile? I actually don't see the dog pile without Anthony Rizzo. Okay, so you can say that you can make that statement. They're not on the same planet, but they're they're I don't okay, maybe not equally as vital, but Anthony Rizzo is a vital piece to them winning a World Series, in my opinion. Absolutely. I can't disagree with you. I like I said, I think I think 
Rizzo comes before the dog pile. I don't think that dog pile happens without Anthony Rizzo there. Does the dog pile happen without IKF? <laughs> oh, dude. I promise you, bro. I promise you. Here, I texted this to you. You know, two things that would make me believe, Hal, that the Yankees are finally serious. And I'm not going to include Judge in that because obviously that's something they're going after and something they need to do. I'm talking more outside the box things that the old Yankees, like any any era of Yankees front office would try their best to sign Aaron Judge, right? That's a given. But one thing the unserious Yankees would never do is trade Donaldson and IKF after last year. If that happens, even one of them, even just one of them, I will start to take this team seriously again. But I promise you, as of right now, I hope they prove me wrong. If they don't prove to be a serious team, not only will IKF still be here next year, he will be the starting shortstop. No, I, I don't know if he'll be the starting shortstop, mm. to be honest with you. I don't know. I think that they've heard and I think they like Peraza enough now and have heard enough about him. This is just me that they'll give Peraza the, the job. But the reason we bring up IKF is that there was a non-tender deadline earlier uh, or not earlier this week, last week. And the Yankees tendered contracts to all their arbitration eligible players. They've actually signed two of them. Lou Trevino got 4.1 million and, uh, IKF got six, and then I guess they'll have to still hammer out deals with the rest of their arbitration-eligible players. And, you know, a lot of people on social media are like, why would the Yankees do that? <laughs> Look, Yankees did that because whether you believe it or not, IKF still holds value as a Major League Baseball player. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the Yankees just wanted to let him walk out the door without either having him on this team where he, <laughs> he could serve a valuable role Look, I voted to dump when we did IKF. I voted to dump him, you know, for obvious reasons. But if he came, if you told me, Correa is the shortstop, turns whoever is the shortstop, Peraza, but we're keeping IKF because we believe that he can play a valuable role, bouncing around the infield, coming in, run, you know, whatever. I would say okay, I believe it. Or maybe some – remember, IKF was traded twice last year. So there's teams out there that want Isaiah Conner-Falefa to play for them. Well, here's the thing. IKF is actually a good player. There was two problems. One, he's not a shortstop. And Correct. two, out of all the guys the Yankees could have got, you they sold us on him. So – what we needed out of that position that he doesn't even play that he was at was a hell of a lot more than what we got. But if you're telling me you're going to utilize IKF in a, in a way that he can make a great team, a good team even better, then I'm fine with him being on this team. It's not like Aaron Hicks where I just never want to see his face again. That's the problem with IKF is that you passed on all these free agent shortstops and had kids in your farm system and you chose him and he stunk and said he was one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball. So that's the problem with IKF. Correct. If I if IKF was here, let's say that there were no, like no all-star caliber shortstops available last year. And it was either go to Peraza or go to IKF. I think the, the vitriol towards him would be a lot less. Absolutely. And then it would have picked up mid-season when we realized how much he sucked, and then you re- still refused to play your your top one of your top prospects. Correct. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think the Yankees did anything wrong by tendering uh, IKF a contract. I thought it was actually a decent maneuver on their part because either you're going to keep him here to – to kind of replace what Marvin Gonzalez did. Or you can trade uh, him. Or you could trade him, exactly. That's, That's the other... To me, that was the main reason for doing it. I mean, at the very worst case, he's still helping this team in some way. And in the best case scenario, he still, like we said, has value 
to, I'm sure, a lot of teams out there where you can get something back for him. I'm not saying that he's a major piece, but if you're trying to add to sweeteners to it, a deal, that's a, not a bad sweetener. No, you know what IKF is? He's the perfect guy for Cashman to sell off where you look at the deal they got back and went, really, for IKF? That was a pretty good trade. It's nothing groundbreaking, especially, you know, right away. But I think Cashman could get something done with him. It, the only people Cashman can't trade, can't seem to figure out, are the top prospects. Because he doesn't play them, and then he doesn't get anything for them. So there's been a few rumors. We're going to wrap up here shortly with some social media stuff. But there's been some rumors that the Yankees are fielding calls on Glaber Torres, and apparently Brian Cashman's old uh, dumping ground, Seattle, is interested in Glaber Torres. I've always, I, I mean, for the last couple of years, I've been big on getting rid of him, and now I kind of don't want to, but... Why, because Seattle's good? No, because I, I actually think he did a really good job last season. I know he fell off the face of the earth, but... You know, at the end of the day, he did come back. And if he didn't fall off the face of the earth so hard, he would have put together a really great season. But I think this team is better without him. It's possible. It's definitely possible. But I think I think it was you. You made just you made a great point that I mean, if you're ever going to trade Gleyber Torres, you thought you thought after you know last year that him falling off a cliff, he was never going to return to any. Sorry, two years ago, after the season he had two years ago, now you actually have a glimpse of maybe he does have it. Maybe he can be of value in the trade market. So what better time to do it than now? If, yeah, I mean, you can't take that risk that he's going to turn into 2020, 2021. Right. Because he absolutely, he absolutely can. He, you he, saw it this year. Did. Right. I mean, he did. He, that was two months where it was just dreadful. Right. Right. So I get I think at the end of the day, if they can trade him, you gotta get me something back pretty pretty good for him. Seattle has some interesting pitching options that they would be willing to move for him. So I mean you'd have to do deep like dive immediate into that, options or we're talking No, these are no, these are guys that would go on the major league roster. Then I'm down. You gotta give me major league players for him. I don't want I don't want prospects for him. I'm not. I'm not playing that game again. I don't honestly. I don't think the Yankees are looking to trade him for prospects either. I don't think the Yankees should be in the prospect business at all this year. At all. They're still. They're still kind of connected to Miami as well, and I know Pablo Lopez really fell face of the earth, uh, second half of the year. But if you look at his numbers, he had a major, major jump in innings from 2021 to 2022. He's got a lot of talent for sure. So I mean that's something I would revisit as well. I would absolutely revisit that if that's still on if that's still something that the two teams can work out. Why not? Because yeah, why not? Because uh, if you look at this rotation, you got Garrett Cole who look who knows what he's going to be in the regular season, but he's obviously the ace and we obviously I mean obviously I trust him in the postseason. How much do you trust Nestor Cortez to repeat 2020 or I'm sorry, well, 2021 and 2022, again. I got to say a lot because last time I said that I didn't have any trust in or faith in him to do it, he uh, he shut me up pretty quickly. So, But it may have been when Pete was here, when Pete sat in a couple of weeks ago. You would not be surprised if Nestor Cortez, you honestly would not be surprised if Nestor Cortez had a four-year rate next year. No. It wouldn't surprise you. No, because he's been that guy already. All right, so that's supposedly your number two, Sevy. Do you? Uh, what do you? What do you He's expect the, out of him? He 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 would be the biggest question mark out of me because even in the year this past year where you finally felt good about him again, he still was out for a significant amount of time. Right. Okay. Frankie Montas. No. And then the number five, you really, do you have a number five guy? I mean, you got Schmidt, you'd have Herman. And when I say no uh, to Montas, that doesn't mean that I'm not cool with the Yankees keeping him around to, to see what he's got. Cause I think he has really great stuff, 
I'm just not relying on him to be a guy who's like a workhorse for me where I'm depending on him to be at the top of the rotation. I think that's unrealistic. These people that got Twitter blue and are posting Aaron Judge's sign with San Francisco Giants, I hope they all get hit by a bus tomorrow. Me too. Okay. Uh-huh. I know it's Thanksgiving and everything, but still. I'd be thankful don't. for one of them getting hit by a bus. Okay, real quick, because we didn't want to be super long today. Real quick, I did want, now you said that, I am thankful for this podcast for the simple fact that I could say, fuck you, Alec Manoa, you stupid fucking piece of garbage, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. The fact that this guy's got the balls to go on Serge Ibaka's show or podcast, whatever, and say that the biggest cheater in the history, the history of Major League Baseball is Garrett Cole, while his center fielder was on the 2017 Houston Astros is such a fucking joke. This guy is in a, oh, I cannot, I really hope that the Yankees just murder this guy next year. Here's, here's two things real quick that I need from the Yankees. One, a serious offseason, and two, to grow a pair of balls again. Because if you're not going to put one in someone's back the first pitch that you face the Blue Jays next year, you're just a bunch of pussies. I mean, who are you going to – you got to hit Vlad Guerrero. He's another one running. The, the Blue Jays so desperately want to have a rivalry with the Yankees. They so desperately want it. And Alec Manoa is such a fucking joke, okay? He didn't want there – was, there was an instance this year where the two teams were drawn at each other, and I think some people hopped over the rail, and guess where Alec Manoa was? In the clubhouse probably, ran to clubhouse. Oh, well, no, he, well, no, he was, uh, he was on the other side of the railing. Can't stand him. And then Marcus Stroman's got the fucking balls to say to tweet today that I had to use my burner account to find it because he blocked me because he's a soft little punk too, that he, he stands with Alec Manoa <laughs> and that he knows that Yankee fans lost sleep over it. Yeah. I, I didn't lose I didn't lose sleep over it, bro. I think it's fucking hilarious that Alec Manoa's got the balls to call Garrett Cole the biggest cheater in the history of baseball when we went through the steroid scandal and we went through the fact that the Houston Astros cheated to win a World Series, okay? And your center fielder benefited from that as much as anybody, but you're calling out Garrett Cole because you want that smoke from the Yankees. But meanwhile, Alec Manoa gave up the one of three hits that Aaron Hicks had with runners in scoring position this year. I didn't see him running his mouth after that. Here's what I hope. I hope the Yankees give Manoa everything he wants and asks for. I really do. It, nothing would make me happier than, and than wh- giving him the fire that, that he wants. And why I said that I'm not, there was something I'm not mad at Brian Cashman for. I love Brian Cashman for the fact that he buried Marcus Stroman at the trade deadline a few years ago and told him that he didn't see him being one of the top four pitchers in their rotation at the, tra- mm-hmm. <laughs> the postseason. He's never let that go. He has never, never let it go. Never. I, he's one of my most hated in baseball. For so sure. if you want to tell me that anybody's losing sleep, Marcus, you lay awake at night thinking about Brian Cashman for that. And for that, I kind of forgive Brian Cashman for everything that he's ever done to piss me off. I still need a World Series. I do, too. All right, let's wrap up here with some social media stuff. We asked for some comments and questions. We'll, we'll do a couple here real quick. Mustache Griffey is back. I love that handle. I don't know why. I just love it. Mustache Griffey. He wants to know what we think the bullpen is going to look like. I think the bullpen is pretty much set. I think your guys are Loisica, Holmes, uh, Wandy, and uh, Michael King should be ready for the start of the, start of the uh, regular season with Trevino. That's a pretty good top yeah, five right there. Remember two things. One, uh, Loisica was clearly hurt to start the year when he looked like a shell of himself. And and he clearly proved that he is the guy that we thought he was when he was starting to come around a couple years ago. He's he can be an elite reliever. Um, Another thing is, like I said with Clay Holmes, he's kind of bounced around a lot. You know, he wasn't the closer going into the season. He was asked to 
close out some big games. He was, you know, was hurt for a little bit in there. Um, having a, having him start the year as the closer, if that's the direction they're going to go, maybe you're hopeful that he kind of just falls right into that that role, and uh, that changes the dynamic of this bullpen big time. And and obviously getting King back too. Would I be opposed to signing somebody? You know, bringing in or trade making a trade for another power arm, which the Yankees did get another guy from Pittsburgh that throws a 99 mile an hour sinker who the Pittsburgh Pirates put on waivers for God only knows what reason. So hopefully the Yankees can work a little bit magic there. No, I don't, I'm not opposed to any of that, but I think you're the top of your bullpen is, is, is here already. To me, you can't get enough guys this year. You want to give me more bullpen guys? Give them to me. All right. So seaweed's revenge. I just said, I love mustache. Griff. Seaweed's revenge is a very interesting. Handle Pretty, well. okay. it, all right. He wants to know with all the talk, with all the house talk that he's got money to spend. Do you realistically see his yank sign and Turner or Correa? Or do you feel like they're running back with more stop gaps? Like I said, man, how, <coughs> how seems to have a different mentality right now. I think a lot of that hinges on judge signing and being back in pinstripes. And if that happens, um, I definitely wouldn't be shocked if Correa or Turner is a Yankee next year. See, Heyman had an interesting tweet today. He said that the Yankees have checked in on the Grom. They've checked in on all the big shortstops. Now, he, what he questioned was whether or not the Yankees are doing this in addition to Judge, or are these the fallback plans if they lose Judge? I think with Hal's statements of that they can sign Judge, they have enough money to sign Judge and more, and then, more importantly, Judge's statements that the team he's going to sign with you know, better be ready to, to build a World Series champion. I think Hal would have a lot, lot of pressure to, to make that happen. So I think I would, it would be an addition. Honestly, I would look at whoever... I would get my baseball people together and I would say who can play shortstop this year and who's the most likely that can transition to play third base because that's the guy that I want. Yeah, and here's the thing too. Those reports also you have to also take with a grain of salt, not because they're not credible, but because A, it's Brian Cashman's job to check in on guys like that. It's the bare minimum. And B, the Yankees are always going to check in on big names like that because – just like the Dodgers are always coming into things and, and whatnot, Yankees are a big market team that will always drive up the price, no matter no matter how many guys they sign or not. All right, so we'll wrap up here with DJ LeMinard says, which non-tendered player do you think Cashman will go after in free agency for his next reclamation project? I think Luke Foyt would definitely be the guy. Yeah, I don't even know if you're joking. <laughs> I don't know if Twitter has has fucking poisoned your brain. No, dude, are you kidding me? I don't. I would. I honestly think I would not watch a game next year of Luke Voigt's on this team. He was at that gala. Yeah, he looked awful. He was at that gala. Yeah, well, he went from the Yankees to the Padres to the fucking Nats, and the Nats said, "Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> yeah, man, fucking terrible. But here's an interesting one: Cody Bellinger was was uh, was non tendered. If the team is built to our satisfaction, this is not to to be somebody that this is a big move, but I would honestly take a flyer on Cody Bellinger. Yeah, here's the thing. Given, I think you have to really take everything into consideration when it comes to something like signing Cody Bellinger. Given this current state of the New York Yankees, a Cody Bellinger flyer is not something that's even on my radar. If you were talking you know, handful of years ago when this team was rebuilding and, and, you know, they just came off game seven of the ALCS in 2017. And then 2018, you're like, Oh, I'm going to take a flyer on a guy. One Cody Bellinger was one of the, no, 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 not particularly Cody Bellinger. I'm talking about a flyer on a guy who could might be, you know, might catch lightning in a bottle and, and whatever. Then I'm all for it. But right now a Cody Bellinger flyer deal is just not even on my radar. I mean, I would honest to God, I'd look at it if they signed if they signed Judge and. I'm not say saying Judge no. And, I'm not saying it's if bad. If they got Judge and Correa and brought in Cody Bellinger, I would think that. Well, that's I, a different would, state. That's a different state of the Yankees at that point. But no, Benintendi. He's the left fielder. Mm, no. 
I want Benny. You got Judge and Correa. I want Benny, dude. And, and they say, okay, Bellinger, we're nope. going to take a flyer on him to play left field. Nope. Sorry. Uh, I, I don't think I could be mad at that. If they got Judge this and guy Correa. Need, this team needs a bat like, like Ben Intendi. They do. They do. So then there's no really no room for Cody Bellinger. No. All right. So we want to wish everybody out there a happy Thanksgiving. And if you are not American, I guess. And whatever. And whatever. Whatever, though. What what whatever. What do you what do you do on Thursday? I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You sit around, you you duck to go fat yourself. So uh please follow us on Twitter at YYST underscore podcast. Uh, you know, if you're watching on NYY News TV, please subscribe to the channel. Like this video before it wraps up here today. Uh, Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and review. Um, I'm not even going to pitch Patreon. We're going to have a discussion about the future of that, and okay. maybe there will be another avenue that we'll come up with for some bonus content. Okay. The bonus content will not go away. It's just where will it be? We yes. haven't figured that out yet. Okay. Okay, so thank you very much for your continued support of NYY News TV and the NYY ST podcast. Thank you for consuming episode 308. Okay, you like consuming? Okay, okay. I, like it. I like to consume. Okay, all right, thank you very much, Chris. Say goodbye. <laughs> NYYST, this is New York. Yankee Sports Talk, yep. swinging for the fences, knock it out the park. This is New York. Yankee Sports Talk, Christian and Chris, of course SGR, this is New York, Yankee Sports Talk, call me New York, Yankee Sports Talk, record rain and shine, grab your shades and umbrellas, NYYST, you're hanging with the fellas.